Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt. Hello and welcome to Raising Saints, the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you're listening to AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Here on Raising Saints, we talk to teenagers about the topics that matter most, and we invite you, parents, to listen in on our conversations. And we hope and pray that in listening to our conversations, you'll gain strength and courage and wisdom and the tools you need to have these conversations with your own Catholic teenagers. So today on the program, we are extremely blessed. We have three wonderful guests um, who are willing to share with us their process of discernment. We have three young men um, who are at various stages of uh, discerning a vocation. Um, So we're going to ask them all about it, get in the minds of young men and figure out what leads them through this process and to this process. So why don't you tell me your name and where you go to school? My name's Tony and I'm from, I go to St. Charles. I'm Joey and I go to St. Charles. I'm Daniel and I'm a seminarian at the Josephinum. Great. Well, thank you all again for being here. This is really exciting. Um, I think that when most teenagers, and Daniel, you are no longer a teenager. Well, I hope so. So, But <laughs> we think that you probably remember it pretty well because it wasn't so long ago. Not too long. But um, when most teenagers hear the word discernment, I don't think they think of think of it in terms of a vocation, a religious vocation. I don't know. Would you agree with that? Or not, you're all in pretty tight Catholic circles. But if you think outside of your Catholic circle, um, I think discernment can be taken a number of ways, especially by a teenage mindset. I think I remember back when I was in high school when I first heard the word discernment, it was somewhat intimidating because to me it indicated a type of decision to be made rather than a process. And so I wasn't exactly thinking about vocation, but rather career life choices decisive moments and when life shifts rather than actively seeking the will of God and what we're supposed to do with our lives. Okay. So along those lines and Tony and Joey, you guys are right here at this point in your life. What are things that typical teenagers are discerning? And, and do you agree with Daniel that it's, it's more of, I have to make a decision rather than I have to go through a process. Um, absolutely. I think it's sermon when we talk to teens is kind of a, it's a quick thing. It's something that we've got to do immediately. Um, and I don't think they think of discernment as in a long-term type thing for the most part. I think it's things like, oh, who am I going to who am I going to be my friends for the next year or so? Or what kind of classes am I going to take and what's it going to prepare me for? So some of it may be long-term, but I think at the same time, we think in the short-term as well, not, and not necessarily in a religious sense either. Yeah, I, um, I agree that it's a lot of life choices that we make. Um, so... When I think in the long term of discernment, it usually affects my like classes I'll take or well, you know, choices I'll make and things I'll do for the long run. So it can also be the long run as well as the short term choices that we make. So. Okay. Um so when we're talking about discerning a vocation or religious discernment. Uh, discernment in, in regard to our faith or in regard to God's will for our lives. What is discernment in that sense, in a general sense? In a general sense, discernment is finding one's path 
to heaven. Because ultimately, I'm talking about vocation with a little v here, the vocation of all people, the universal call of holiness. This is anybody who's baptized, God is actively seeking to bring those people to himself in heaven. And with that kind of discernment, it is how am I to live as the person that I am, a life of virtue and a life in Christ. And that differs with each person. Uh, There's general norms in terms of virtue and doing right and doing wrong and following the will of Christ, but that's really played out differently with each person. So that's that's discernment in the general sense, rather than when people speak of vocations to married life, priesthood. No, this is vocation for all the baptized, all Christians, and that is a vocation to holiness. Okay. Um. So each of you, and normally we have teenagers on the show, but we wanted to have Daniel on the show because he's at a totally different point in his discernment process. Um, so I thought it would be a good opportunity for us to reflect and for our listeners to kind of reflect on the, the path that their own children are on in terms of their faith life and their discernment process and their vocation with a small V process like you were talking about, Daniel. Um, so each of you has to some degree discerned a vocation. Uh, so tell, just tell a little bit about that process. I guess specifically, where did you start? How did this process begin for you? Well, I guess it starts from even when you're a little kid, like this, I mean, thinking about what you want to do with your life and they always, little kids always want to be astronauts and all that and like uh, firefighters and, and oh my gosh wait when you said astronauts both daniel and tony both like started nodding their heads it went from astronaut to train conductor oh okay so like just big vehicles if so they, yeah. if they build a train for space i'm gone <laughs> okay i'm sorry joey go ahead um so i guess in my my um experiences um when i would just be around like my uh parish priests um that would affect me personally. Just like just being around different people affected my like ambitions and what I wanted to do with my life. I guess so. That's how it all started. Just being around different people. Um, I've got to agree completely with Joey on that. It's kind of the experiences that I had in my younger years, the school I went to, uh, what kind of people I was around in that school, the parish life that I had, and my Catholic home life, kind of influenced on, kind of influenced me on how I would think about. Well, was could I see myself doing this? Um, so when I'm around certain people like a parish priest, like Joey said, well, I start to envision myself, could I possibly do that? Or if I'm around a teacher, could I see myself possibly being a teacher? So I think depending on your your kind of your setting when you're in these uh, crucial younger years kind of helps to form your mind on what are these possibilities of what you could do. I think that's really good for for parents of teenagers to hear because a lot of times we don't want to fight certain battles with our kids. You know, we want to let our kids just have their freedom at this point in this lo- their life or do this or do that. But to hear you guys both say that who I'm around directly influences how, what I envision for my future. I think that's an important thing for Catholic parents to hear, you know, like, yes, it does matter at this point in our kids' lives what they're doing and who they're surrounding themselves with and who their influences are. So um, that's just a side note from my perspective here. But Daniel, how did the process begin for you? I agree with both. Um, There's a saying I always kind of run towards that humans are kind of spiritual amphibians. And what I mean by that is that we absorb whatever we're around, even if you have a very resilient personality. Like I thought I was pretty resilient in high school, but the types of people I surrounded myself with 
really did have a lasting impact, whether I was conscious of that or not. It's true. You, you pick up um, what's around you, actions, languages, uh, thoughts, idea patterns, these kinds of things. For me, discernment definitely was, and I'm talking discernment in terms of uh, capital V vocation, so we're talking priesthood here now that I'm in seminary. Dis- discernment for me started with a community. So again, we're talking about people. And you can't choose a lifestyle or a career, in this case priesthood is both, that you don't see. Like there's no way for me to have picked computer programming, or this is just an example, without knowing what that entailed. And so when I begin to interact with seminarians, when I begin to interact with priests, and this was later in high school and going into college, and to see how they lived their priesthood, that had a real that had a real impact on the way, not that not just how I lived, but how I wanted to continue to live my life. So it started with, well, I want to live a life like this in terms of virtue and being charitable and, and following Christ. And later that, that grew and blossomed into, well, maybe I'm called to live as a priest as they are. So where is each of you right now in your process? Is it possible to define where you are or is it just such a Daniel, it's a little bit more concrete for you. I can I can do this really easily. Yeah. I'm two years away from priesthood. By next May, next May, God willing, I'll be a deacon. And uh, the following summer, so we're looking at the summer of 2016, I believe. 16, yeah. yeah. If I'm doing my math correctly, would be... <laughs> See, I would think you would know there's that. An app, <laughs> all right, here, here's the fun of it. There's an app on my phone that gives me an exact day count of how long I have until I'm... So <laughs> you know days. You don't so know I dates. Know, I know yeah. days. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of lazy with it, too, because all you have to do is just click on it and you're fine. But, all right, here we go. Uh, I'm going to be a deacon in 269 days, and I will be a priest in one year, 287 days. And I'm right now what they call a third theologian. So I'm getting close. I've already kind of hedged my bet. There's actually an app for this. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> once Catholics discovered technology, it's just, just exploded. <laughs> well, that's how it's been throughout the ages. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, Joey and Tony, what about you guys? Where would you say you are in your discernment process? Is it uh, definable? Um I'm going to define very broadly. Okay. Um, I would say that I would be in an active discernment process. And what I mean by that is I'm putting myself in situations, surrounding myself with things that will actively help me discern whether I might be called to be a priest. And what I mean by that is, well, I'm putting myself, I'm assisting at liturgies at our parish. So I'm putting myself in that respect. I'm in a youth group so that I can grow in community life, in prayer life. And uh, we're blessed to have at St. John Newman a men's discernment group as well that I'm also in that helps us just to kind of think about God's path for us and the different ways we could go in our life. And so I think putting yourself in those kind of situations, putting yourself in those places are going to really help you discern, I mean, start a kind of point your way, if you will, be a compass, if you will, uh, to where God might be pointing you. And then most importantly also is having a, try to have a solid prayer life as well so that you can one-on-one connect with God and see where he might want you to go, which is most important. Yeah, I agree. I think where I am is about where Tony is, where I'm, I'm active and seeing what I want to do. And by doing that, you, like I try to get involved as much as I can in stuff and I'm in the St. John Newman. I'm pretty active in their youth group, so I know a lot of a lot of men discerning too. So I can talk about that with them, and I like with 
other stuff like if i want to be i don't know um like if i'm interested in politics or so i'll start reading a lot and i'll get get um you know updated on what's what's going on right now and maybe try to see how politicians live i get that's like an example so just getting involved is a big part where i am right now that's what i'm trying to do i think sometimes we think discernment is the process where we just go about our lives and wait for God to hit us upside the head. But you all are saying that it's actually a lot of work. You actually have to invest. You actually have to be putting yourself in positions where you'll be able to have experiences with God and and determine what His will for you is based on what you're surrounding yourself with. Is that is that right? That's exactly Absolutely. right, yeah. Well, that sounds like dating. <laughs> right? So, I mean, here's a parallel, because I have never discerned a vocation, but I'm a married person, and I didn't just stumble upon that. Well, right? dating in itself is discernment, because you are actively discerning, am I going to be married to this person? Um, right. That's the parallel I'm drawing. Exactly. I, yeah. So right. it might sound weird, but kind of dating the church when you're discerning <laughs> yeah. vocations. Right. More or less. Right. Yeah. Um, did... Is there anyone that you would point to as the person who opened your mind to the possibility for discern for discerning a vocation? Oh yeah, that's Jesus. Okay, that's so that's so easy to say. Darn it! <laughs> uh, there was there was a particular priest uh, where I went to college that was uh, Saint Vincent in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, and he had a great mind for evangelization. Um, he understood. Uh, just the psyche of young men and also how the these desires uh for our vocation can be misled by our culture uh by our times how they can be distracted especially in a a college setting and so he was able to really clear those out of the way and challenge guys not just in terms of vocation for priesthood but for vocation of marriage it's like if this is what you think you're going to do with your life these are the steps you need to take to make sure you're ready because if you're going to give yourself to this ministry or you're going to give yourself to this woman, you need to be ready. And he was really able to pinpoint that, um, encourage that, to challenge that, to build us up in that way. And that's, you know, that, that stuck with me. That really, that really made me think about what I wanted to do with my life. Did he say to you at some point, Daniel, you should consider being a priest? About every time I saw him. Oh, okay. So he was, <laughs> he was also known for that. Yeah. Okay. Like to the point where people would pretend like they wouldn't make eye contact and they'd walk the other way when they saw him. Well, they'd see him coming and they're just like, oh no. Because they knew if they ran that he'd run after them. (laughs) Oh my goodness. He was great. Yeah. (laughs) He pursues people, which is exactly what our Lord did, right? Or does. (laughs) He was a fisher of men, that's for sure. (laughs) What about you, Joey? Um, I guess on one side, I have um, Father Watson at St. Andrew, or when he was at St. Andrew, he's now at St. Mary, Delaware right now. But um, he would really get involved with the student body at St. Andrews. So every time I saw him, I would, he always talked about vocations, even from like middle school and like fifth grade. Um, and so every time he would mention like, like a, the priesthood, he'd always kind of look at me and I, <laughs> and I would just kind of look away. <laughs> so I don't know. It was pretty early, but it was, it definitely brought that into my life. Like that, that is a choice. I can Wait, make... would he look at you like pointedly like Joey or would no, he, he would just, just sort of glance at yeah, you? Yeah, he would. 
<laughs> like no one would notice it except me. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, and maybe he wasn't really doing it. But <laughs> I, I, it was a lot of coincidences then. So, <laughs> well, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> and did. And so I guess on another side, um, there is a pretty famous doctor named Ben Carson. I didn't have any true encounters with him, but his life story, I've been reading about it and just he he said if you want to do something, you really have to start from a young age and you really have to just like like we mentioned before, get involved and like really start from a young age to see what you want to do. So when you get to that point in your life where you do have to decide you're prepared and you can be really good at what you're doing. So what about you, Tony? Is there anyone specifically you would point to as? Um, I think there are two people I'd like to mention. Um, first, in first grade, when I, I attended St. Paul, the Apostle School in Westerville, and I was in elementary school. And at that time, uh, David Shulk was a seminarian. He's now Father David Shulk, the pastor of Christ the King Parish. And uh, it's the first time I remember actually really realizing what a seminarian was or what they did. I mean, I just thought they were the guys that sit in over on High Street at the Justifenum, and I didn't really know what they did. Um, and so he came into one of our religion classes, and he explained what he does, what he enjoys, and then um, he talked, it was around Holy Week, and he talked about the institution of the Eucharist and the institution of the priesthood. And I mean, on a very dumbed-down level, if you will. I mean, this is a first-grade class. And so, um, so at that point, I kind of thought, well, this, this, he's a normal guy. He's, I mean, he's a regular person that's really on fire for Christ, and that's, that, I found that attractive. And so from that point on, I kind of really started to think about in the back of my mind, well, this might be something that I like to do. And then several years later down the road, uh, in sixth grade, our parish got another wonderful priest, uh, Father Dan Dury. And I particularly remember my class went to our morning mass. We were, we were the class that was assigned to go to mass. And Father had this habit of liking to ask the class questions during his homily. And so he'd read it, he'd, the gospel be proclaimed, and then based on what was said in the gospel, he would ask questions about the church, and he would ask questions about um, the gospel as well. And for some reason that day, I was the only kid that knew some of the most of the answers. And so at the end of Mass, Father gives the final blessing, and before he goes down to ascend, descend the altar, he stands and he goes, you know, Tony, he goes, I think you might be called to be a priest. And this is in front of, like, <laughs> 200 people in the church, and I'm like, oh, goodness. <laughs> no pressure. And so ever since then, like, I had all the, like, the nice church-going old ladies that would come up and say they were praying for me and all those kind of things. And so I guess, I mean, that was a good thing, but at the same time, it kind of, it kind of jump-started that, if you will. And as his years went on at St. Paul, he would have conversations with me about that and kind of kind of get me in situations where I could better discern in that way and actively discern. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Raising Saints on AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt. Today we're talking about discernment, and we're here with Daniel, Joey, and Tony. They're sharing their process of discernment with us. Um, it, so each of you pointed to a priest as the person who has been most instrumental thus far in your, in terms of just actually directly saying to you, I think you have a vocation or, yeah, okay, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Um, because I think more so, I think it's not so much this way anymore. It used to be parents who would kind of point their sons in that direction. You know, these Catholic parents would have lots of kids and one of them had to be a, a priest. That <laughs> was kind of a requirement, right? So, but so it used to be a real source of pride for parents to have children who were priests or religious. But I think there's, I don't know. What do you think? Is there less support for that today than there used to be? 
Um, yes and no. Uh, there is that support still. There's still a lot of uh, pride and joy for a Catholic family to have a priest coming from it. Um, I was challenged a lot by my own family, not to say they weren't supportive, but given the current culture today and the way the priesthood is viewed and at times almost persecuted, I knew that they didn't want me to step into something that might undermine the name of their son that they didn't want to subject one of their own one of their own sons to that. And so they wanted to make sure that this was something that indeed was a calling for me and something I wanted to do with my own life. But now as they're meeting other seminarians, they're seeing my own process of going through. It's really cool to see how they get excited as well and uh to hear from their friends that they've been talking about uh the possibility of me becoming a priest. And some of my friends in college, uh, at when I entered seminary, their mothers got wind of it, and so this Irish mother is telling her son, "Well, when are you going to enter?" and things like that. So the pressure's building. The pressure's so building. now there's competition. Exactly. Yeah, it, it went out on the mom hotline, and so now there's all kinds of pressure throughout my friends. So your parents were worried, sort of, about your good name and how. And not so be- much a na- not so much the name, but in terms of my own well being. Okay. Not not in terms of reputation, but in terms of character. Okay. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, are there are there other reasons that parents may be afraid if they're if they find out their sons are discerning a vocation to the priesthood or might be concerned, maybe afraid is too strong a word. Um, absolutely, I think some of the physical things come to mind. Well, my son might be my, might be lonely. He might be in a parish where there's no one there. Um, there's no one living in the rectory with him, or he may not be truly happy. Um, he's just not going to find this job. F- not job. He's not going to find this vocation fulfilling. Um, I think all those kind of parental thoughts that you worry about your kid in any situation kind of all flood to your mind at that point, especially in a in a setting in a vocation that's so concrete and so, I guess you could say, obscure to what culture teaches. Um, I think parents are could definitely are a little bit worried about that, or could be. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't really. I don't know. I. I haven't really had any experiences with priests and their mothers and their fathers. So I I can't really <laughs> I like how he specifically said mothers. <laughs> <laughs> but I think a big one that I mean, well it's not a big one, but um well, that's going in the quote book. <laughs> <laughs> um Oh, what would you, um Oh, yes. Um I think a big thing parents are worried about or concerned about is um, it may not seem that big, but grandchildren. How they? I mean, a yeah, lot of that's a huge parents one. want grandchildren. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously that is unable to be done if you're a priest. So. Right. And just just one quick side note about that. Uh, if there's any parents that your sons may be discerning, there's a great um, there's a book priest, Father Brett A. Brennan, who works at Mount St. Mary's, who teaches at Mount St. Mary's Seminary in Maryland. And at the end of this month, he's actually releasing a book called A Priest in the Family, which is a book written for parents whose sons may be discerning a vocation to the priesthood that is supposed to supposedly encompass all the different worries and questions that a parent might have about their son discerning. And so that might be something to look into if you have questions about that. I'm glad you shared that. That's probably going to be really helpful for some of our listeners. Thank you, Tony. Um, Okay, one more quick question. We're running out of time. But have you heard the comment that you're too young to seriously discern a vocation. I've definitely heard that because 
when you're discerning, you have to be involved, like we've said over and over. So a lot of people don't like a lot of people don't think that you can get involved on a certain level when you're so young, like um, being the head altar server of the master ceremonies at a parish. They don't I mean, they don't really think that a teenage boy would do that. I don't I don't know. That's personally what I think. They don't. They think kids that they don't. They think kids aren't intellectually there yet to okay. yeah. contribute their ideas or you know just be active. How do in you in the real world? How do you respond to that comment? I just call shenanigans on it. <laughs> <laughs> do you say that word? Well, yeah. shenanigans. Shenanigans on you. Um, That's what Jeremiah said. Too, yeah, because so. if the scripture shows us anything, that God does not call the prepared; He prepares the called. And to say that you're too young, I mean, Jesus was born, and within three weeks, they had strange men showing up with gold, frankincense, and myrrh, which are symbolic, indicating what Christ is going to do. What I mean, what was Mary thinking at that point? Like, well, thank you. Um, <laughs> please go away. He's not ready. He's too young. No, this is the Son of God. And for especially for young men to be called um, imitators of Christ in that way, to follow him in such a radical call to the priesthood, this is this is really putting out into the deep. I mean, Peter was well into his, uh, so we believe, just by the way he behaved in Scripture and by tradition, middle-aged. And he still, I don't think, was old enough. He wasn't ready for it. So age is not indicative here. It's the age of the soul, not the age of the person. I think we will conclude on that sage advice from such a young person. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, we love you, and we praise you, and we give you thanks for these fine young men here with us today. Lord, we ask that you bless them as they discern your will for their lives, and we ask that you bless all young people who are discerning a vocation to the priesthood or religious life. Lord, we ask that you help us remember them in our prayers every day. We ask that you raise up wise and holy priests and wise and holy religious, and that we as a church may support them with our prayers, with our love with our um, financial support with our gifts with everything we have so we ask this in the name of your son our lord jesus christ in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen amen Amen. you've been listening to raising saints on am 820 st gabriel catholic radio i'm katie wyatt and until next time grow in grace and in the knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ bye now Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com.